The good news is you're not crazy. The bad news is you watched the one. This is Body Counts and Beer. Remember when a perfect circle happened? The tool side project? <laughs> yeah. You remember the one? It had the lady bassist. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney Taylor hitting the floor. That's right. That you just your whole you were hitting the My floor. My whole body. Whoa! Yeah. I'm going to let your body hit the floor. Please do. Is something wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> Is something wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with Is me. Is something wrong with you? <laughs> uh, if you can't tell this week, we are discussing 2001's <laughs> The One. You know it. That's right. The uh, the big time Jet Li, Jason Statham, also Jet Li starring vehicle, uh, uh, written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong of X-Files fame. You know him. Uh, uh, Did they write the the cool vampire episode, or was that a Vince Gilligan? That's no. Uh, ooh, the cool the vampire episode I think is Vince Gilligan. Gotcha. Um, but like most of the funny episodes are Darren Morgan. Morgan, Darren gotcha. Morgan's yeah. got all the really good funny ones. Which yeah. is I thought I think he's Glenn Morgan's brother, maybe or cousin. You know, I think actually, I think they are yeah. related. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think he like got him a little nepotist gig, and uh, then he ended up writing the best episodes. <laughs> Glenn Morgan and James Wong are usually responsible for the best episodes of the Chris Carter show that uh, sort of deal with the actual thrust of a Chris Carter show, but obviously aren't hindered by being written by Chris Carter. Yes. Yeah, well, fun fact, Chris <clears throat> Carter always writes and directs the worst episodes <laughs> of whatever Chris Carter is doing. You are not wrong. Yep. That's absolutely true. More flashlights! Come on! More I mean, flashlights! You, you get some real wins with the Chris Carter and David Duchovny co-operation <laughs> when they oh co-wrote, boy. co-directed. Like, that stuff gets nuts. Oh, boy. I, I, on purpose, saw the whole first season of Californication. Oof! David Duchovny's... Yikes! I have all the money. I'll just make my own show. What could go wrong? I mean, it ran for, like... Five or six seasons? Yeah, he probably made some cash on it. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. It was a fucking waste of nine ninety nine on uh, pre-Apple TV, like when iTunes first started getting oh, TV shows. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, The One the- begins like all movies do, with so much narration. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to have the whole conceit explained to us up front, because we're trying to keep this movie short. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate it, actually. I like, just like, just fucking don't try to be clever, don't do a whole origin movie, just fucking tell me the conceits of your universe and let's just get this thing going. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a classic 80s thing, where you just, like, run a little Chiron and tell you, dump some exposition and then jump right into the fighting, or in this case, the gun clicking. Yeah, do it over a, bu- over a bunch of blue swirlies, yeah. and yeah, there you go. Yeah. And it explains to us that uh, we don't live in a universe but in fact we live in a multiverse uh, with many different universes inside of it and in you, each you of know those... what a multiverse is legally you have to know what a multiverse <laughs> is now that is true I think yeah. they have made that the law yeah well I think Disney is petitioning to get nationalized yes the multiverse yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Disney plus just comes out of your taxes now yeah that makes sense <laughs> um <laughs> 
So uh, they explain that uh, across these multiverses, there are different versions of every person. And as those people uh, get picked off and or die, their power kind of gets spread between them, uh, the remainders, and uh, there are people trying to stop them from some anybody from becoming the one. Real quick, is Across the Multiverse the sequel to the Julie Taymor Across the Universe, but it's like fucking Rush music instead of the Beatles? Yes, it is. That's why Jet Li does a duet with Jet Li of Tom Sawyer. Ooh, and that's why Getty Lee shows up the third Lee. <laughs> <laughs> they do a whole little fucking like uh, sizzle reel of all of the other Jet Lees that Jet Li has murdered Across the Multiverse. Not a single Getty Lee. That's None true. of them is an animal. None no. of them is like a weird, funky-looking alien. Everyone's no. just like normal dude sometimes with real bad blonde wig. I was, I was say, a huge fan of Rastafarian <laughs> I was going to say, the first one they show is him wearing the most distressing dreadlocks wig yeah. I've ever seen. Oh, Guys, man. it was 2001. We, didn't, we just had 9-11. We didn't know what to do with ourselves as a nation. Fine, put Jet Li in a Rasta wig. Yeah, wig nothing. That was MS Paint. I defy <laughs> you to tell me that there is an actual wig of that. Uh, so the movie uh, proper begins with uh, future L.A. cops led by Dean Sex Gifts Norris uh, <laughs> as they are transferring uh, a prisoner played by Jet Li. He's a violent prisoner and everyone hates him. He's going to be taken to be executed. And as they're leading him out, oh no, they get jumped. Uh, they get, uh, what do you call it? Ambushed. Uh, ambushed, yeah, by bullets. And there's a big old shootout. And then, oh no, another Jet Lee jumps out. Then we should point out that, of course, these cops are ineffectual because this is the universe where Al Gore became president. Yeah, thanks a lot, Gore. Uh, Up to her eyeballs and owls. He was. He promised me the multiverse would be kept in a lockbox. <laughs> <laughs> he promised me that the multiverse would be crime-free. Yeah, and that everybody got to own a spotted owl. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the the new eviler Jet Li comes out, uh, scored of course by Drowning Pool's bodies, as you are. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is the first instance of just profoundly regrettable CGI. Yes. Yeah. It's you know here's what's crazy about the CGI in this movie. It is roundly terrible. <laughs> there are really interesting ideas hidden in that terrible CGI. Sure. It's just it's just executed as poorly as possible. Oh, yeah, yeah, the idea in this one is that Jet Li in slow motion is kicking all the cops up into the air, not letting their bodies hit the floor, even though the song is explicitly giving him yes. that direction. He's violating the drowning pool directive. Correct, which yeah. I believe in Al Gore's America is an executable <laughs> offense. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's why the other Jet Li is about to be executed. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I getcha. I getcha. Um, and yeah, it just, it's real weightless. And this is that weird middle period of we had come out of the wire foo and we were getting into the like, well, you know, like we have CGI so we can make the human body do anything. This is where you get your big Matrix CGI Superman fights and all that stuff. But they didn't stop to think if they should. Because <laughs> it, like... All of the CGI stuff would be cool, like, comic book panels, but in motion, it doesn't look anywhere near as cool as just, like, just let Jet Li do some cool stuff. Yes. yes. 
Yeah, so what like basically what they're trying to set up is here uh, this Jet Li is super powered and super fast. So as he moves in like regular speed, everyone moves in slow motion. Right. So he like kicks eight guys in the air and they just float there. Oh, and they do not cut like the audio of the slow mo universe out. So you got these real goofy like whoa, whoa. yeah, yeah. It's weird. It and just, is. Slow motion as a conceit doesn't look as cool as this movie seems to think it does. There's not a time where it really looks as cool as anybody ever thought it was I, gonna. Like, The Matrix had some really interesting, because they use it very sparingly, particularly in that first Matrix movie, and it's just, it's used specifically to when the rules of the universe are being broken, it'll go slow-mo for like a minute or two. But this is just yeah. like every single fight scene has like... Whoa, 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 buddy, 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 crank that shutter speed. What yeah. are you doing? No, I 100% guarantee Zack Snyder saw this movie in the theater and went, That's it! That's my <laughs> whole thing! <laughs> That's all I'm going to do from here on out. There's two things that I'm going to do. I'm going to do big, wide, expansive shots, slow motion, and is there any way I can make a cum joke in these movies? <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. Ooh, particularly if that cum joke can come as the climax to Rufus Wainwright's Hallelujah. Ooh. Oh, perfect. My vision. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? The Rufus Wainwright version? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Watchmen, as it turns out, is a fucking terrible movie. The Rufus Wainwright version? Uh Uh-huh. The worst one. Yeah. And, buddy, this was post-Shrek 2, where they used it there. (laughs) So, like, it had already been killed. (laughs) Uh, so yes. Although, guys, uh, we should show proper deference to... Uh, Not Rufus fucking Wainwright. No, but to Zack Snyder, Academy Award winner of most cheer-worthy <laughs> moment. And the other one, didn't he win both of them? Fan favorite! Yeah! For what is it, fucking zombie bank heist? No, oh, uh, yes, yes, for Army of the Dead. Yeah. And didn't he win the cheerworthy moments for The Flash, The right? Flash entering the Speed Force. Which, mm-hmm. you know, when that movie came out, how we could not stop talking about that. <laughs> well, I mean, let's face it, though. That was, like, just straight, regular motion picture. Because, as we learned, Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller can commit felonies all over the planet. <laughs> That's not true. lightning speed. That's not true. Ezra Miller can commit felonies in Iceland and twice in Hawaii. That's yeah, the they're far apart. No, no, here's the thing about Ezra Miller. They just need to be kept off of small islands. <laughs> I've been saying. Anytime they're on a small island. You keep Ezra yeah. Miller on Shit's continent. going bad. Ezra Miller needs to be sent to one of the Dakotas. <laughs> where Ezra Miller has to spend a long amount of time in between punching people. Also, someone get Ezra Miller help, for God's sake. Right? They clearly need it. It just, they seem to go to a karaoke bar and be irritated by the fact that people were singing. <laughs> Which, like... Come on, buddy. Man. Come on. It's it's especially bad because Ezra Miller keeps assaulting women, too. <laughs> True. Yeah. No, he lunged at a guy playing darts. Oh, okay. So two women and one guy. <laughs> gotcha. And he stole that couple's passports, I think? I don't know. He burst, Or they burst into a hotel room at some point and just yeah, that was one of the Hawaii ones. stealing shit. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I remember... Anyway, look forward to fucking Flashpoint motion picture <laughs> yeah, coming to a multiplex near you. <laughs> yeah, Michael Keaton is Batman again. Yep. Because we got 30 Batman now. Nice. Correct. Uh, so anyways... The They're going to have to fight each other like in The One. Yes. 
so evil Lisk Jetly uh, leads the police on a merry foot chase where we're told that he's pushing 50. Yeah, he's running 50 miles an hour, And speaking people. of Flash, the CW Flash series season one has more convincing fast motion yes. than Jetly just kind of throwing his arm. Buddy, the 1993 John Wesley ship Flash series has <laughs> more convincing speed. Ooh, yeah, and Mark Hamill as the trickster. That's right. And also, every other scene is the Flash just eating all of the food everywhere. Yeah, he's got to build back up his uh, fucking metabolism. I just like that you get this one scene where he sort of speeds up and he kind of looks over and sees that he's out running a car. And then for the rest of the movie, we won't even do this effect again. Nope. We're just supposed to understand it's happening while Gently runs around. For the rest of the movie, he only breaks out into light jogs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, he's... Maybe he can only do that in this universe. Like, the the rules of what differentiates these different universes is never even touched upon. That's true. So it could be like a Superman thing where, like, in his universe, he runs at a normal pace. And well, in this this one, it... He can do it real, real good, I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah right. Anyways, uh, while he's being pursued by future L.A. cops, he's also being pursued by multiverse cops. Uh, played by, we have uh, cop Brubaker, the lead cop, who was played by Delroy Lindo. And we have and the other wrote, cop. also uh, a really good uh, Winter Soldier arc in the uh, yeah, American right. comics. Well done, Brubaker. And a, and a solid Daredevil arc, too. Oh, yeah, his Daredevil's very good. Uh, <laughs> these are comic books, nerd. Patrick doesn't get it. <laughs> I don't know anything about your picture books. Uh, and then the other cop is Funch, <laughs> as played by uh, Jason Statham with hair. Don't like it. Out. No. Don't like it one bit. Yeah, we were introduced to to. We've already been introduced to Bald Statham, correct? Via yeah. Snatch and Lockstock. And here he is with Bruce Willis hair. Yeah. Well, they grew it out and it turned out he has Bruce Willis hair. So they were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah Jimmy, yeah. cut it back. Uh, and again, his name is Funch. Yep, Funch. And this is... I, I have mixed feelings about Jason Statham as an action persona in general. But this is utterly devoid of any charisma. He is sleepwalking through this All of his charisma is hidden under his terrible fake New York accent. Yeah, that's also not helping him. Like, he spends the whole movie talking like this. Yeah. Yeah, they should have just let him speak in his regular accent. I'd have bought it. Like, he's a time cop. Yeah, it doesn't matter what he sounds like. Kids ain't gonna go see no friggin' Englishman running around. You gotta American him up. But didn't we already prove that we would very specifically go see Jason Statham, <laughs> Englishman around? No, we went to go see... Uh, uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt fight a guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Vinnie Jones. Yeah, that's true. He's big. <laughs> Solid cast. Huge. Yeah. Man. I oh, mean, those two a... movies are both technically great. <laughs> like true. Guy Ritchie's a douchebag and the rest of the oeuvre is pretty bad. What are you Snatch talking about? Lockstocker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Really great. You didn't like Revolver? <laughs> Buddy, what Jason about- Statham screams at a pantsless Ray Liotta in that movie. <laughs> I think I also managed to skip out on uh, Guy Ritchie's weirdo King Arthur with demons. I think there's a snake lady in that. I think there is a snake mm, lady. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it looked it. Yeah. It looked it. Uh, also, I mean, I will say this. The first... 
Sherlock Holmes movie he did with Robert Downey Jr. is not terrible. That's a decently fun adventure Again, movie. it's coasting on the charisma and chemistry of Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, who plays the, la- the lady? Um, ah, she's in Game Night in Doctor Strange. She plays Christine Palmer in Doctor Strange. She's in The Notebook... Um, oh, uh, Noty McNotebook. No, uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. There we go. Yes, yeah. the star yeah. of Red Eye. Hell, oh, fucking Red Eye. Red Eye fucking movie. rules. Yeah, Rachel McAdams. Uh, yeah, she's good in that movie too. Um, anyways, the evil Jet League gets chased down by the the multiverse cops, and there's a whole big thing about whether they should kill him or not. And anyways, uh, they fix his stupid multiverse jumping thing so they can take him to multiverse jail. Yeah, they override his multiverse jumper and multiverse jump him back to jail. Jumper is a different movie. This is the one. They don't jump. They, they are won. T- That's yes. true. They are ripped apart in a giant blue beam and then put together again on the other side. It's extraordinarily painful. Yes. Yeah. It's extraordinarily silly because all of the, the all of the actors were given the direction of, uh, uh, you know, like Boss Nass in episode one. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very much like... Uh, Can you, Brian, bless it up your performance by about 80 more percent, please? It's just a lot of three guys going, ah! Well, it's very much like Star Trek original series. Uh, oh, the uh, the fucking... Uh, the bridge is shaking because we got shipped by lasers. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just <gasps> lean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes, they are going to have him sent to the... Uh, the Hades dimension, Take which that. is a penal uh, colony. We do see again the the various other Jetlies he's killed. He's killed one hundred and twenty four Jetlies to this point, leaving him one twenty three. One twenty three. You're right, and leaving him and one other Jetlie out there. This Jetlie, uh, we will call Eula. That's his name, uh, Gabe Eula. The main gently when we get there is just Gabe. That's how the movie differentiates them. Yeah. But it's good because it's gonna get real hard at some point. We just start going. So Jet Lee goes this way, and then Jet, Jet Lee does this thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jet Lee. Uh. So, anyways, uh, he's about to be sent to the thing in the time chair. They travel. They they send you there in time chair. Yeah. yeah. They put you in a time chair. Like fucking Metatron's yeah. Metatron's time chair that uh, gives Batman the identity of the three Jokers. That's. Oh, the identity of the three jokers. The identity of the three jokers. Who are the three jokers? Uh, it turns out they're all uh, different continuities of jokers, and there's a fucking sequel to the killing joke that, um, not Jeff Loeb, but, uh, Tim John, Sayo. no, 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 um, I, I can't remember the name. He's, uh, he was at one point, like, producer of the DC, like, EU before that fucking collapsed for the third time. Oh. Jeff Johns! Jeff there Johns. We go. So there did he go. draw it with the pens, or did he just write in the words in the thought bubbles? Uh, he did both. No, they let a guy do both. He told the artist what to draw. Oh, fancy. Right? And he doesn't color it in, right? That's like a fourth guy. Correct. Yeah. So there's a writer who writes the things, no, there's wait, a but, penciler... Who does little pencil sketches? There's an inker that uh, goes over those pencils and in ink, and then there's the colorist that actually colors the book, and then there's a letterer who actually writes in all the little letters. No kidding. And that's not even counting the editors, the editor in chief, the publishers, all the cover artists, the variant cover artists. <laughs> Buddy. It's a whole operation. It is. 
And some books have multiples of all those guys. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, just as he's about to be sent to the Hades dimension, Carla Cugino uh, shows up. She is dressed exactly like Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, in a smart business suit. She unleashes a mouse with the most distressingly large <laughs> testicles yes. I've ever seen in my life. And also a pin <laughs> Some sticking sort of out of its radio ass. transmitter sticking out of its butt. I didn't fully understand the rat. The rat is, uh, he's packing a bomb like the guy that the, like the guy in the cell in, that the Joker sends in Thank Dark Knight. You. Okay. Yeah. I just, he's got a bomb inside of it. Without a specific comic book point of reference, I'm utterly lost. Right. No, I get it. Gotcha. I'm here to help. Yeah. Right. So the rat with huge balls. Uh, now the rat comes out of her high heeled shoes. Yeah. She lets yes. them out. She's yeah. wearing like Cuban heels. Yeah. yeah. And she like, she has a remote control for them. Yeah. yeah, she pops it out, out, and then she has another button to blow that rat up. Yeah. Uh, so, let's camp out on this explosion let's for a hot second. It. Because is there like a, there's a normal bomb arming sound effect that happens, mm -hmm. then all the all of the sound drops out of the soundtrack to kind of build up that suspense. Then we hear the detonation of the rat, which is, to my ear, quite a distinct sound effect. It is the... The Wilhelm scream of needle drops. Uh, yes, the the sound of the the bomb exploding uh, is ooh ah! <laughs> The uh, the opening of Disturbs down with the sickness. <laughs> and so this little fight scene is scored to that. And guys, let me tell you a little thing about Disturbs down with the sickness. A couple years ago, I was doing a little karaoke, and a guy came to me and he said, "Hey, man." I want to do Disturbs Down with the Sickness, but I don't want to do it by myself. Will you do it with me? And I said, I'm drunk, so yes. <laughs> well, I think specifically remembering only the first minute and a half of that song, fuck yeah, let's do it. That's exactly my thought, because when you get two minutes into the song, there's the breakdown where he begins screaming yes. insane gibberish. Yes, he does. Specifically at his mother? Yes. Yes, he says, it. oh no, mommy, please do it, don't do it again. I'll be a good boy. <laughs> Now, Bobby! And, like, yeah, the whole thing is, like, how he's, uh... He's gonna... Well, he's down with the sickness yes. by this point in the song. He goes on a little journey. Yeah. It's, like, one of those things where you just, like, when you're doing karaoke, you don't realize you're gonna have to do until it shows up. Sure. It's like when you do Paradise City and you forget that it starts with four consecutive minutes of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you just gotta sit there. And then when you finally get into the song, you're like, all right, Finally, I'm doing Paradise City. And then you forget that you get to the end of the song and you think it's over. And you do, ah, take me home. And then it stops and then it goes. And you have to do the whole course double speed for another eight minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing that always trips me up specifically about karaoke is trying to do November Rain and forgetting that you got to jump through a wedding cake in that song. Yeah, absolutely yes. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget until, yeah, the little thing pops up on screen of just like jumps through wedding cake and the little bar is going and you're like, oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Then you gotta run to the bakery, you gotta get a cake. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, I think by ordinance of the mayor of Chicago, uh, karaoke bars must be within running distance 
of bakeries. That's true, yes. That's why if, if you go to a bakery a, and say, I need a November rain cake. Yeah, they have legally, a special vault for yeah, them. Yeah, no, they pop them out. Legally, dude. they have to have it. If they don't have it, you can cite them. Yeah. Ooh, a citizen yeah. cite? Correct. Yeah. It's one of those fancy breakaway cakes, though. It's like perfect for you to just bust right through it. That's true. It's not a, it's not a eaten cake. No, it's almost entirely fondant. Correct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, the worst tasting cake. Oh God, it's awful. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so anyway, because it's like, what if what if sugar had the consistency of cement? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and somehow also wasn't sweet. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I would always like. I loved Ace of Cakes. Uh, the the like the very nice cake show that yes, was on Food with, Network. Uh, yeah, with with Chef Duff in the yeah. Charm City Bakery, where everyone was just like cool with each other, having a good time, making cakes. Yeah. And I was always impressed with the cakes. Except that every single cake was like, all right, we make a shitty yellow cake and we just cover it in fondant. Ugh. Yeah. Cake Boss. Yeah, that's what Cake Boss does. I fucking hate Cake Boss. I hate the real Cake Boss, but I love the Paul F. Tompkins character, Cake Boss, (laughs) on Comedy Bang Bang. Sure, well, Paul F. Tompkins, national treasure. Of course. Uh, To our knowledge, had no involvement in the January 6th insurrection. Correct. To our knowledge. Which is not something you can say about every alternative comedian from the 90s. (laughs) Or Mr. Show alum, yes. Oh, boy. Uh, So anyways, the evil Jet Li escapes once again, this time escaping to, oh no, our world. Now, Bush is president. Here's a fucking thing that irritated the hell out of me, is they're going through all the different names of the universes of Jet Li's that he's killed, and they all the Phosphorus universe. The Gugeli universe. The Fog universe. But, like, they don't give our universe a cool fucking name. No. Bullshit. That's because our universe is just the universe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're number one. Universe A. First among equals. (laughs) Uh, So he shows up. Uh, in our our world, and this is where I'm we not gonna lie. We replay the beginning of the yeah, movie. Yeah, we replay yeah. the beginning of the movie. Um, and this time, on the good Jet Li, who's a, a Los Angeles County Sheriff, so really not that good, I guess. <laughs> uh, they're taking a different criminal out, who's not a Jet Li, and once again, they are ambushed by an evil Jet Li. But this other good Jet Li, Gabe, uh, who's being attacked by Yulaw, Gabe, uh, senses Yulaw coming because of their the two connection. Yeah, yeah, there's the two of them. So he's got like a little bit of a spidey sense. For yes, it. and they're both like supremely enhanced uh, in speed, skill, smarts, and strength. So there's a whole big like again... The, the four S's. Yeah. yeah. The cardinal traits of any D&D campaign. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, how dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> now you're right, that's GURPS. GURPS? The generic universal role-playing system? GURPS? Buddy, you gotta play some fucking Fallout. Ooh, yeah, you really should play some Fallout. I've played, I've played two of the Fallouts. You've played the 3D Fallouts where they use the special system, and it's not a GURPS-powered role-playing experience. No, that's right. You go to hell! No, oh, but the special oh, system's pretty rad. Yeah. Special system in uh, Fallout 1 and 2, because they still use special to denote your different attributes. Yeah. What fucking rules in that is that every single trait you get comes with a bonus and a demerit. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Okay. fucking love that system. The best one to get is, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it increases the amount of critical misses for both you and every other like being in oh, that wow. universe. Okay. So you can just Mr. Magoo your way through that whole <laughs> fucking game and just watch as your enemies blow themselves up. <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, so now Guys, the- Fallout. 
What's fu- this is a Fallout podcast now. You know. <laughs> Come on. Look, Fallout 3, fine. Fallout New Vegas, absolutely great. That's my Fallout knowledge. Yeah, we'll do Fallouts 1 and 2. We'll I play ain't them. playing them. We'll, we'll do them live in real time. Nah, I ain't playing them fucking vector-based 3 <laughs> quarter view bullshits. Yeah, no, that's fair. 1 and 2 are rough. You can play 4, though. I could play but why would you? Yeah, it's just mostly just a <laughs> shitty gunplay game. Yeah, yeah it's not I'm great. playing. I'm currently playing uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and it's fucking rad. Oh, nice! It's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. And also, you can take over robot fucking animals and ride them. Nice. Do love a game with mounts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole game is just running around hunting big metal animals, nice. big robot animals, nice. and finding out why they're there. Fancy. That's it. Yeah. You have a stick. You can control some of them. Nice. Still fairly early in the game. Nice. <laughs> um, there's cultists. Oh, I love cultists. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Anyways, the two Jet Lees have a fight. They chase each other. Then the multiverse cops show up. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. But this is the point of the movie where I stopped caring about the movie well, because structurally kind of messy here. They cram the tail end of Act One into the entirety of Act Two. Yes. Yeah. Because later on, we'll get like 30 minutes from now. Um, Gabe will be talking to one of the fucking time cops, and he'll finally explain like it's a multiverse. Hey, you ever see the movie Highlander? We got a Highlander situation yeah. going on where he is fucking killing all the ones and getting all the powers and you're the last one left. So if he kills you, he does the quickening and then he gets to be the biggest boss in the whole thing. We, If we kill him, it might take the whole universe with us. And it's at this point that we get uh, Gabe refusal of the call of just like, this is bullshit. I don't want any part in this. Goodbye. And it's just like, wait, that's... Yeah, the refusal of the call comes like a full hour into the, the movie. movie. Yeah. And it also doesn't matter because we cut to, like, evil Jet Li doing some evil Jet Li shit. And then we cut back and Gabe has not left the fucking, like, uh, train terminal that yeah. they had that conversation on. When he's just like, oh, actually, you know what? On second thought, I will help you with this mission. I'm 100% on board. Let's let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me go check on my wife, and then I'll be back, and then we can take care of this nonsense. Right. So after the two Jet Li's initial fight and the meeting with the time cop, the multiverse cops, uh, good Jet Li, Gabe, goes to, the ho- goes to home to his wife, and he's like, oh, you're not going to believe what happened. I fucking jumped over a giant wall. I got shot, and I'm okay. Also, the guy who tried to kill me looks exactly like me. And she's like... You need to go to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, here's the... This is a thing that comes up a lot in, like, multiverse and dimensional travel. I'm only about 80% certain that I would register that another human being looked exactly like me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I am the default sliders of every character creation. Sure. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know if it would, like, immediately click with me. Like, I I don't have enough knowledge of my body specifically in three dimensions to be able to like make that 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 click gotcha. you know what i mean you need to jerk off more you yeah, need probably. to be more familiar with your body john probably yeah probably. explore it buddy i don't know isn't that a sin i don't care <laughs> it's a venial <laughs> oh i can go to confession for yeah. it yeah oh, oh wonderful. for sure yeah, yeah. 
Well, the priest isn't going to be bored by me describing no, how uh, I achieved an I'm orgasm. I'm pretty sure the priest is going to be super interested. Well, that's yeah. great. He might ask for further details. clarification. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. That's Because the, the more thoroughly you confess a sin, the more it's cool. resolved. and those priests like a real thorough confession. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Blah. That's great. Blah. Blah. Now, legally, they're not allowed to tell anyone, though, right? Like Definitely. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I mean, you guys continue. I gotta go to find an after-hours <laughs> church. Uh, uh, yeah, so we're at the hospital now. Yeah, so G- G- Gabe goes to the hospital with his wife. He meets all his cop friends, and they're all just like, "Dude, I can't believe you got over that wall." And he's like, "Well, thanks for coming with me." And, and I they're all like, "For fucking sure that these guys would be in more than just this one scene." No, nope. they yeah. are built up. They are specifically called the guys. Yes. yes. No, no, the guys are just like, dude, we didn't even get out of the parking lot. What are you talking about? <laughs> that was super cool. You okay? No, I think I'm dying. I gotta go get an MRI. Just gotta get an MRI. So he goes to the MRI. Meanwhile, evil Jet Li, uh, U-Law is like lurking around the hospital, around every corner, like a like an evil martial arts Michael Myers. Uh, they put Gabe in the MRI machine. Kong, 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 kong. They go through that whole thing, and then the evil Jet Li starts to kill the MRI tech, and then a bunch of other guys show up. And the time cop guys show up. The time cop guys show up, and then like Jet, good Jet Li gets out of the MRI machine. There's a kind of a fight. Yeah, not really. There's kind of a shootout, sort of. Yes. Well, I think the the producers and filmmakers of this movie discovered. You Way mean Glenn Morgan late. and James Wong? V. Glenn Morgan and <laughs> James Wong? I think they just... Directors of the episode Squeeze with Eugene Toombs? <laughs> I think they discovered a little too late that like, oh, the, the joy of a martial arts movie is watching some world-class martial arts uh, you know, apply their trade. But you can't really do that in a mirror match because you got to shoot it in such a way that you get, you know, close-ups and reverse shots and all that stuff. And you yeah. got to... So it ends up having to cut it up with a lot of really quick cuts that just absolutely obliterates any sense of, like, geography or momentum or even, like, who's got the upper hand and who doesn't because they have to be sort of evenly matched. Right. Just based on how you're filming and putting together these sequences. Yeah. Yeah. When they haven't... What I'm saying is they should have consulted Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) <laughs> he did it way better. He did not. <laughs> oh, he did it so much better. Ah, oh, come on. Uh, at least here you can't see the like the masking lines <laughs> and the fact that one Van Damme is filmed on like a different kind of film. Yeah, right. There's Van Damme and some greasy Belgian guy. Yeah. Well, they figured out in that movie like, oh, if you put the two film strips on top of <laughs> That's each other, yeah. then it looks <laughs> like they're together. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so the the evil Van Dam escapes and 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 kills a bunch of guys and in essence frames good Jet Li for for murder. Right, because they specifically he kills Jet a bunch of cops. Yes. Yeah, and they see he him. kills the guys. <laughs> <laughs> they see him leaving. They see Jet Li leaving, so they assume that it's the one they know and not the yeah. evil yeah, Jet they, Li from they another They try dimension. to apprehend Gabe, and they're just like, "Look, we know that you need help. Do you understand where you are? Do you understand who we are?" And he's just like. No, I gotta get out of here. There's a killer on the loose. And then he handcuffs them to a lot of things and breaks one of their shotguns. Which is one yeah. of the cooler fight sequences in this whole movie. It's yeah. very clever. He's constantly doing a lot of, like, 
uh, like redirecting the energy yeah. of his opponents to get behind them specifically to steal their handcuffs and handcuff them to each other without hurting them because right, they're keeps, his friends. He keeps saying, "I they're don't want guys. to hurt you guys." They're the guys. Yeah, guys. He doesn't want to hurt the guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he he handcuffs up all the guys. Yeah, this is probably the best like straight, just like kind of. Interesting martial arts sequence. It's very Jackie Chan like, yeah. proppy and and kind of goofy and silly. Well, every other fight scene in this movie is fucked up because they have to like show that he's got superpowers. Right. So even like there'll be fights later on that like, oh, technically the body of Jet Li moving through space is impressive, but you can barely fucking see it because there's a bunch of CGI concrete flying yeah. in the air. Yeah. And in this fight, there's only one Jet Li, so yes. they've got that going for him too. Yeah, there's the evil Jet Li goes on the run. This is my favorite part of the movie because it's so stupid, but he goes he gets pulled over by a cop. Well, he kills so he kills Brubaker. He kills the the Delroy Lindo time cop. Yeah, he just fucking crushes his larynx. In they have a zone. decent little fight. Yes, Delroy Lindo gives better than you expect him. Delroy to. Lindo has clearly killed a few Delroy Lindos. Yeah, <laughs> beforehand to like pump himself up a little right. bit. You know what I mean? He's juicing on Delroy yeah. Lindos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he killed he killed the one from Congo. He killed yeah. the one from Get Shorty. <laughs> Those are the best ones. Oh no! Uh, so he we're yeah. stuck with shitty gas station attendant from her later on in this movie. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, bunch of bullshit. Attempts to go out predator style with a small like bomb that he's going to set off and kill both him and Jet yes. Li. But Jet Li's super speed is able to disarm that bomb and kill Delroy Lindo anyway. Yeah, he's able to like take out the little pin that uh, says he's alive and yeah. then steals the bomb. So Jason Statham's character Funch. Gets <laughs> gets the signal that oh man my guy's dead and so was the other guy I guess everything's good to go which like it should feel like a crossing the threshold moment it should feel like because Jason Statham's character has been horny for murder this whole fucking movie yes he's just like come on let me kill him just a little bit I promise I'll, I'll kill him real cool uh, even at one point they get the drop on uh, Evil Jet Li and he's like well let me just shoot him in the leg which like yes his legs are like 90% of his power. Yeah. Just Take out one. Uh, so this should be like, oh, fuck, all bets are off. This motherfucker's like gonna get some horned up murder out of his system. Yeah. But it's at that exact moment that Statham is like, nah, I think I've killed exactly enough in my lifetime. Well, you gotta bring him <laughs> in peacefully. To be fair, Delroy Lindo's last words to Jason Statham were, in this universe, think with your heart and not your head. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they have a I think he's just misunderstanding the anatomy of our universe. He thinks that he's in <laughs> the like fucking Doctor Who universe where everyone's got two hearts, one for thinking, one for blood. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a brief uh, scene between the two multiverse cops where Delroy Lindo's like, "Look, when you go out there, you can't just murder people on the street. There are people here who are not combatants. There are innocent people here." Which leads me to believe there have been multiple multiverse raids before this where Jason Statham reconstitutes in the world and immediately just starts murking people on the streets. Uh. <laughs> well, and like it's something that this movie sort of kind of deals with with Evil Jet Li, but like the knowledge of understanding that there are 
not infinite multiverses, but at most 125, I guess, is the hard cap that we have on multiverses. Yeah. But understanding that, like, I am not the only me, and those people are not the only those people. Like, yeah, a particular kind of sociopath would use that as a justification to be like, oh, well, these are all just, like, fucking NPCs. Like, it, it, literally, it doesn't matter. Right. What does it matter what we do? Yeah. But, like, uh, something tells me that this movie... Wasn't all that interested in dealing with the metaphysical consequences of its premise. No, they're more interested in They're more interested in how many fucking Papa Roach needle drops can we fit? <laughs> Just one, but there's two fucking drowning pools on it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the movie's more concerned with Jet Li uh, walking up to a, a cop, picking up two cop motorcycles, and smashing him between them. Yes. Which again, is they're CGI motorcycles... I don't understand why they didn't make just, like, aluminum props or something. Yeah, sure. big dumb foam motorcycles. Because it looks real stupid. Yeah. Yeah, well, it also, like... And this is, this is me saying that the CGI looks stupid. I, on purpose, love the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> right. And I'm saying the CGI looks stupid. Yeah, but you have to love those movies on purpose, John. That's true. There's no way that them in and of themselves enchanted you in any way. <laughs> true. You were like, this is a bunch of goober bullshit. That's true. You could choose to love the one as well. <laughs> it's true, right? Nah, because he's not the one. But he's the only one that can make me feel like this. Oh, Foo Fighters reference. Rest in peace. <laughs> Thank you. <Yep>. That. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> that dude uh, seemed like a real good dude. We went over this the last time we recorded yeah, we did. episode. No, we've been mourning the Foo Fighters for some time now. <laughs> I don't have any memory of this. What movie did we do? Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, Lethal Weapon 2. That can't be right. It was the close of the Bromleyverse. I've That's never right. even seen Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> um, nobody's seen it. <laughs> yeah. You can only experience it. Absolutely. No one can it's be a... told what Lethal Weapon 2 is. I can tell you exactly what Lethal Weapon 2 is. <laughs> Diplomatic Community! Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <But> go on. <laughs> so yeah, the evil Jet Li is just like running around causing havoc. Good Jet Li. Well, he gets into a uh, fucking like a prison truck at one point and he's flipping through all the radio stations. Yeah, this is where right before his right fight. Right before he fight with, with Del Delroy Lindo. And it's like, first it's a bluegrass song. Then it's uh, Knock Three Times. <laughs> and then it's... Fucking, I believe it's either Godsmack or Drowning Pool. It's yeah. one of them. And he starts saying like, oh, fuck yeah. Like he's, in, like, this is supposed to endear his character to the audience of like, I also like bad music. He's like me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's what also, a cool guy. It's also supposed to show that in the world he's from, this is the good shit. Like he's from a world where Drowning Pool is fucking Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> like he's from a world where Godsmack is you too. <laughs> like every year fucking Lollapalooza is actually fucking disturbed a Palooza. <laughs> And it's just Anybody like... Anybody out there ready to get mad at their girlfriends? Let's go! <laughs> and it's like the poster is just... It's awful. It's just like, oh yeah, it's Cold Chamber and then Seven Dust <laughs> and then P.O.T. <laughs> it just keeps on going. In his world, man, ooh, you don't slip the knot. The knot slips you, buddy. <laughs> 
fucking what is it? Uh, cute without the E is like revolution number nine. It just blew open the doors of what music could be. Yeah. yeah. And somehow in both our universe and this universe, System of a Down still fucking rules. Here's yeah, the thing. Buddy. Chop Suey's a fucking baller track. Look, I'll go to bat. System of a Down is the best of those bands that came out around those times. Oh, sure. Because they're the only band that was like, no, we're just ourselves. We're only going to beat ourselves. And fuck you, no one sounds like us. Yeah. And they were right. Yeah, they well, were right. They were, they were fearless to be very stupid. Well, and they were also fearless to be uh, like out loud telling everybody, hey, the Armenian genocide's a real thing. Yeah. And it means a lot to us. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. And we'll say it to literally anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Good on them. Yeah. Good old system of a down. Yeah, man. Fucking Surge Tank and rules. Man, the number of uh, anime music videos set to System of a Down songs. Oh, sure. Haven't that you ne- would watch on your real player. Uh, no, that you watched on your real player, John. <laughs> yeah. No one else did. Nah, come on. I ain't never watched an anime music video. I don't think I've ever watched anything on a real player. <laughs> Lies. I guarantee you watched Matrix Revolutions trailers. <laughs> On your real player, you clicked on high quality, you paused it so it could buffer. No, no, this sounds very familiar. (laughs) And then you would get up and, like, make a snack while it was buffering, and, like, your parents would come in and want to check their email, and they would close the window. God damn it! (laughs) That was 20 minutes! Oh, I still have fucking distinct memories of Netflix being like, hey, we'll just fucking beam the movie right onto your TV over the internet and just, bullshit! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! You don't understand! It takes me 20 minutes to download a song! (laughs) Just send me the DVD, idiots! (laughs) Asshole! Oh, you're still out of Kronos? (laughs) I had Chrono. I had I had Guillermo del Toro's Chronos at the top of my queue for oh, yeah. a full year. Because that was the Criterion disc as well, which well, yeah. is out of print. And they, but I, they've got a fucking warehouse full of them that they won't let us have. I guarantee you, they have one copy just being <laughs> sent around to everybody. Shouldn't it be on HBO Max now if it's Criterion? Look, we're talking about this was years yeah, ago, it's Patrick. True. It's true. It yeah. was years ago. When you ago. still had to get DVDs and mail them back. One time, I had uh, I wanted to get Amadeus. Uh, so I got sure. Amadeus sent to me, and you know what got sent to me? Uh, season one, disc two of Profit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tough break about it being disc two. Yeah, just, just as good though. Just yeah. as and good. I, when I, mean, I, I Amad- yeah, no, no. When kidding. I sent, <laughs> when I had to call the Netflix customer service line, <laughs> sure, and wait on hold, I said, "Hey, I asked for Amadeus, and I uh, got sent the Profit." Uh, season one, disc two. <laughs> they said, "Oh, that's our bad. Go ahead and just send that back as you would, and then uh, we'll send you Amadeus when you get back." So I sent it back, and then like uh, I got Amadeus, and then like a month later, I got a thing from Netflix saying, "Hey, we uh, we sent you Amadeus, and you didn't send it back, and then we sent you another Amadeus, so we haven't gotten that one back yet either." And I was like, "You sent me." One of them <laughs> The other's The Prophet, season one, disc two. And they did not want to believe me. They tried to charge me $30 for Prophet, season one, disc two. Bullshit. I fought that shit. Yeah. I remember I have distinct memories of in my last apartment, I was walking to the fucking, the little like mailbox that was about a block and a half away. 
Uh, I can't remember what disc I had. It might have been like, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember like what series I was like watching at that time. But it was some fucking, it might have been Sopranos. It might have been like late period Sopranos. Uh, and I was walking in my box and I was getting real excited of just like, ooh, I can't wait to send this back and see what Tony and the gang get up to next week. <laughs> Uh, I go to put it in the little drop uh, fucking mailbox and a gust of wind blows it from my hand and puts it in the middle of the street. Which I'm like, all right, all right, that's not the end of the world. There's no cars on either side. Let me just amble peacefully to the middle of this road. Immediately the lights turn green and three cars (laughs) fucking go out of their way to just run it over. A real meet Joe Black on this thing. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, oh... I don't think I'm getting that back. <laughs> no, you pick it up, you put it in the mail. <laughs> Look, as long as the barcode still reads, that's all that matters. <laughs> right. Well, I went back to my apartment, and I, I there was a little drop down of just like, disc is gone. Don't have to. Disc is in the middle of the road. You can come get it if you want, but it's gone. And they said, hey, don't worry about it. It happens all the time. That's why they put erasers on pencils, which put the light bulb in my brain of like, I'm going to put every out-of-print DVD at the top of my queue, say I never got it, and those are mine! (laughs) 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 I remember one time I went to go, like, return a disc that I had. I don't remember what it was, but I didn't seal the envelope properly, and when I put it in the mailbox, I put it in, like, the open side first, and the disc slid out into the mailbox, (laughs) and I just threw the envelope in (laughs) Well, I think it's, like, hotel keys. Like, if you put it in a Dropbox, they have to bring it to the address. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, I didn't get charged for it, so hopefully the mailman was very nice and just slid it back in there for me. Uh, But... Oh, God, for like 30 minutes, like my tummy was butterflies. And I was going to be, I was like, Netflix is going to be so mad at me. Man, yeah, because if you lost Netflix, you lost access to all media. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you just forget to return a Redbox movie, they send you a bill. They automatically charge you $30. Yeah, That's why I have a copy of From Paris with Love, starring John Travolta <laughs> and Jonathan Reese Myers. Someone, I went to go turn it into a Redbox. It was full. Did you know they could be full? <laughs> and they won't take a disc back? So I went to the next nearest one. It was also full. So I said, well, I'll just stop tomorrow. And then I forgot about it. And 30 days later, <laughs> I got an email from Chase saying, uh, here's your statement. And I was like, no, where'd that $30 go? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> then like a year, maybe a year or two later, I rented the Evil Dead remake. Next day... That's a perfectly fine movie. Perfectly cromulent movie. Next day, go to take it to the red box. Oh, it's full. I go take it to the nearest red box. Oh, it's still full. I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, no. 30 days later, guess who's got a copy of Evil Dead the remake? Now, you may feel embarrassed about that, but I want you to know that my brother uh, kept a copy of The Big Lebowski from a real video store. Oh, shit. And he ended up having to pay like $200. Oh, shit. For a VHS. <laughs> of the Big Lebowski. Well, that's the thing. VHS is before they started putting like Coca-Cola ads in the front of a VHS. Yeah, you were paying like 180 for Yeah, but by 98 or when when Big, Big Lebowski, Lebowski came yeah. out, there's no way they were that expensive. No, he just racked up like a two months worth of late fees. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. He should have just waited it out two more months. The blockbuster would have gone under. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. 
that I remember one time returning a tape to Blockbuster and like he opened it up and he was like uh, looks because I never put him in the Dropbox usually I would just hand him to the guy because yeah. I would usually just rent a movie right away yeah you're already there yeah, yeah. Uh, and he like went to like uh, rewind it but it was already rewound he just assumed that I didn't rewind it and then he like broke the cassette tape oh, oh shit like in front of me and he's like this cassette's broken you have to pay for it and I was like uh uh no and instead of like fighting him or like standing up for myself I just ran away <laughs> <laughs> nice. man I would easily pay 20 or 30 dollars for like a little collection of those blockbuster clamshells mm. mm, yeah man but like one from each period of blockbuster so you can watch the little ads on them get more and more desperate of just like <laughs> two for one rentals ah, seven day rentals ah, we'll waive late fees fuck late fees just come into our business <laughs> free popcorn you like popcorn can't get popcorn delivered to you through Netflix please don't don't leave please don't leave Oh, Blockbuster. Good shit. Gotta go to that Anchorage, Alaska one, see if we can get fucking Coven on VHS. <laughs> you can just order it directly from Mark Borchert, who also <laughs> is, is in, in this movie! movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. The star of American Movie and director of Coven, not Coven. Coven. Well, that's too close to Oven, and that's not gonna work. <laughs> He shows up long enough to faint at the sight of Jet Li. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he plays uh, like a morgue worker. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Like an autopsier. I don't know what the name Why is. Why Jet Li, evil Jet Li, is in a body bag in the morgue is something that we, we cannot know. I think it's from... <laughs> that's like when he first shows up. I think... Well, you gotta no. watch. You gotta watch the extended edition because in the theatrical cut, he's just in the body bag. In the extended edition, they go to Isengard and they actually fight <laughs> Christopher Lee. <laughs> Gently kicks him off of the tower. <laughs> Fuck! Where's Christopher Lee in this movie? For a movie all about having multiple Lees, no Getty Lee, no Christopher Lee. Oh, bullshit! No Jennifer Jason Lee. No yeah. Stan Lee. Oh. What a horseshit movie this is. <laughs> Anyways, a bunch of stuff happens. Then the two Jet Lees fight. That's true. Yeah, yeah the basically, evil, evil Jet Lee goes to good Jet Lee's home and shoots his wife. Yeah. yeah. And then, then good Jet Lee is just like, well, I'm sad and I don't care anymore, so let's go murder this guy. And they're like, well, if you do that, like, then I have to kill you. And he's like, well, I don't give a shit. Yeah. My wife's dead. And he's like, all right, but if, we, if you both die, then this universe might explode. And he's like, ugh. Fine. <laughs> Let's capture it. And so we go to a weird abandoned chemical plant. Yeah, we go to yeah, the Axis Sparks Chemicals, birthplace yeah. of the Joker. Yeah, we go to the Sparks slash Joker factory. <laughs> yeah, we need a new Joker every three to five years. We need a factory to crank them out. That's Come true. Yeah. Assembly line Jokers. Yeah. I played on the mouth. <laughs> I use radium. <laughs> Make sure to wet my brush first at my mouth. My jaw. Oh, man. You're going to need another joker already. <laughs> Oops. Um, so anyways, yeah, the two Jet Lees, uh, and Jay the Jason Statham and good Jet Lee show up to fight evil Jet Lee in the Spark Slash Joker factory. Evil Jet Lee sets off a bomb because he's going to kill those guys and then go to another one. This bomb didn't make a lot of sense to me because Jason Statham says, 
to hold your breath. Don't breathe. Oh, because it explodes green? Yeah, it does explode green. You it, don't want that green inside you. But here's the thing. It explodes green, and like, sure, I'll go with you on the explodes green. But then the movie takes great pains to cut between close-ups of Jet Li and Jason Statham open mouth screaming. Yeah. See, but they weren't breathing in. They were see. breathing out. They're breathing Scream. out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. <laughs> no bush in this movie. No. Missed opportunity. Yeah, no kidding. They could have had that song about mouths. <laughs> in their mouths. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why they cut to all the mouths because originally they got that, but then they lost mm. the rights to it. And they right, put because it in. That, it had, they had to use it for all the promotional stuff for uh, an American werewolf in Paris. Sure, <laughs> yeah, I still remember that cardboard standee at the uh, little like atrium of my local AMC mm-hmm. theater, and I remember thinking as a child, "That's a cool looking werewolf." Yeah. I think Julie Delpy of the Before trilogy is the yeah she's she's the, the lady yeah. werewolf correct. I've never actually seen it. No. Nor have I. Why would I? I've it's seen about Paris. <laughs> bunch of bullshit. Yeah, we all know all the best werewolves are in London. Yes. Correct, especially the best American werewolves. Definitely true. But also, I mean, there's lots of other good werewolves in London. There's the one dressed there's up like Lon Chaney. <laughs> yeah. There's the one dressed like Lon Chaney Jr. They're both walking with the Queen. Both personal friends with the Queen. <laughs> yeah. There's the, the there's one, the that, one that just wants to eat some Chinese food. Yeah, I was going to say, there's yes. one chowing down on Chinese food, right? Yeah, Li Hong Fuchs. Yeah. He's yeah. for to get a big dish of beef chow mein. <laughs> yeah. There's the one that's drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. His hair is perfect. Damn <laughs> <laughs> here's the here's a fun little life hack about werewolves of London. Uh, anytime someone wants to play Sweet Home Alabama, you slap their hand away from whatever device controls the music, and you play Werewolves of London. Hey, that's it a is, really good trick. It is damn near the same song, but instead of being an explicit endorsement of segregation, it's about some fucking werewolves. Yeah, that ain't never hurt no one. And you do get to like yell the chorus, and that's the important part about Sweet Home Alabama. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that guitar hook is like a like a fucking Kirkland brand version of the piano hook. Well, they're the exact London. same chord structure. Yeah. The exact same three chords over and over again. Exactly. Uh, to the point that when Kid Rock did his song all summer long, it is Sweet Home Alabama's Alabama, guitar Werewolves London, with yeah. Werewolves of London piano. <laughs> and like every time that song would come on, it would always say like all summer long, parentheses, sweet home, Alabama, yeah. and parentheses. And he never gave credit to Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon, another reason to hate Kid Rock. I mean, Correct. he's not a great guy. No, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to cancel him because you're too woke. Fine. Good. I fucking howled with laughter at that fucking music video. Oh my god, it was so good. It is the most old man yells at cloud shit I have ever fucking seen in my (laughs) life. And he is taking it so seriously. What's crazy about Kid Rock is when Kid Rock like blew up with his ball with the ball and the cowboy and the bull god or whatever, he was just a shitty rap rock guy with his twisted brown dirt trucker band and the whole thing and Joe C, the, the little man who yeah. rapped with him, he devil without a cause. Then he very consciously moved away with that into just kind of sh- shitty like southern rock like singer bullshit. Yeah. He does a song with Cheryl Crow, his all summer long. He leaves the rap rock behind. The second that he's just like old crotchety and jumps to the right, 
because no one on the left, no one else gives a shit about him, and his only hope for continued relevancy is with people on like the Daily Wire. He's like, well, I better go back to what made me famous. <laughs> Clearly a young man's game. The fusion of the rapping and the rocking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. What an embarrassing relic who, for four years, uh, got to give personal advice to the leader of our country about whether or not to bomb any other countries. Mm, sure. Boy, howdy, the more you learn about the last presidency, the more just fucking lucky we all are to be alive. True, true. Uh, so the two... <laughs> Though, gen- you know, I'll, 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 let's give credit where credit's due. Technically, Kid Rock was probably better at that job than Ronald Reagan's astrologer. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. That's true. Mm-hmm. Ooh, although, did Kid Rock ever fucking read the entrails of a recently sacrificed chicken? Because <laughs> that definitely happened in the fucking Oval Office. <laughs> yeah, buddy. While a very confused sundowning Ronald Reagan. <laughs> look, they're all terrible. <laughs> yeah. But we, we never had a good president, but look, really. We, can we all agree that the greatest presidential advisor were just... That bowl of jelly beans Reagan had? <laughs> Thank God Jelly Belly never put, like, fucking phrases on their jelly beans. <laughs> they never tried to do, like, jelly bean fortune cookies. Uh, man, I, let me tell you something. We're not even talking about this. <laughs> <guy. laughs> I know, I know, right? It's going to be longer than the movie, and we haven't discussed it. The other day, I ordered, we ordered Chinese food. They sent us fortune cookies. Each fortune you cookie. You got fortune cookies? Yeah. I, got, I have to ask specifically to get fortune cookies now. No, see, they... Because they, they don't like you, John. Not only did Aww. they send us fortune cookies, they sent us fortune cookies for three people instead of the two people eating the food, because apparently we ordered too much food for two people. No, no, no. I like that. I like when they give you, like, four sets of utensils because it's like well alright thank you for letting me save face sure (laughs) we all know what's going on here this is getting eaten in my underwear in front of my TV (laughs) while random YouTube just scrolls past my eyes yeah well you get slowly radicalized but thank you for pretending that I'm like hanging out with other friends (laughs) right the the uh, the fortunes I got were all fucking uh, advertisements for that FTX no. fucking like uh, crypto like exchange yeah. and oh, all of the it. and so like they were branded FTX fortunes and on the other side it had like the lucky numbers and it had like crypto based bullshit Whoa. fortunes where it was just like you know everybody has money if the money is you know unregulated or whatever <laughs> to the moon. Are you interested in buying a private island? Would you like to hear more about our thoughts on age of consent? <laughs> uh, anyways, I, it was a very sad day to open those fortune cookies. Yeah, no, that's brutal. Good fortune cookies, though. Cookie themselves are very tasty. There you go. Here's the thing. You take a fortune cookie, you crumble that up under some fucking soft serve or some oh, ice cream. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good fiddles. Look, man, that's the old like Chinese buffet special. The Chinese buffet, I when I went to it, I was like a shitty teenager. I had no compunction. Uh, the fortune cookies were my ice cream utensil. Oh yeah. Oh, like sure. it, it wasn't it wasn't like uh, dusting the No, no you scoop it. No, you scoop it and yeah, eat it because it's, it's already hollow. Yeah, no. You crumble some on the ice cream and then you also scoop with a different fortune oh, cookie. Oh shit, I fucked up. That's right. Yeah. 
Look, man, it's not my fault that I'm the buffet master, and you are not. That's true. I am the buffet one. <laughs> I went to every old country buffet in Golden Corral throughout the multiverse, murdered all the other versions of myself. One of them had a Rasta wig. He died first, but now I can eat at any buffet for as long as I want. <laughs> that's the powers you gain. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I can go to a Golden Corral, stick my head under the chocolate waterfall, oh, and drink shit. for hours. <laughs> Man, I'm yeah, glad to know that you two guys can't tell the difference between a fortune cookie and a Frito. <laughs> <laughs> so the two Jetlies fight. It's fine. It's fine. It's 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 an okay. It's just boring because again, it's it's very quick cuts right and well, so much cg so there's slow motion and there's revolving cameras and people are like floating at weird points yeah now. well and also it breaks up any rhythm that the fight could establish yeah and like it it also is is a dumb because it has to keep switching between jet lee and jet lee's like it has to keep switching between each version of jet lee right right and so we have to but we can't the, the technology hasn't evolved to the point where we can show Two Jet Lees in frame <laughs> fighting each other. They yeah. tried to do that. The film caught fire every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the devil demanded everyone's soul. Everybody <laughs> refused. And then they had to try to do it with their own technology. See, if they'd just waited one more year, George Lucas would have created the face replacement technique for Christopher Lee to use in Attack of the Clones. Buddy, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. That technology was established for Phantom Menace. They used it to replace Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor's face because no one could keep up with Ray Parks. Fine. Whatever. You're in my one universe now where I killed all the other me's that like the Star Wars prequels. Now I like them more than any of them <laughs> could possibly imagine. Oh, man. Oh, no. I liked Mark's power better. <laughs> oh, man. When I start being able to name in order of death all of the pod racers on the Bunta Eve pod race, you fucking watch out. Ben Quadraneros. He's not the first to die. But he is one who does die. He doesn't die. Although his is the one that just... Uh, his power couplers wouldn't work in all four of his engines. <laughs> <laughs> fucking That's right. They go... <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep. Um, and then he gently falls down and then two other pods go over him. I know there's another one that crashes but doesn't die because he's the one that goes... Ah, <laughs> uh, that's Terrell. I can't remember his last name. He does die, and he has a family with children <laughs> who are there at the race. Oof. They watch him explode. <laughs> the movie goes out of its way to show you that his wife just had a new child. <laughs> a small baby in her mother's arms as the husband fucking bites it. Hey, man, Days of Thunder. Right? <laughs> Anyways, the and then Greg Proops gets to make a fucking joke about it. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, the two Jet Lees fight. Good Jet Lee wins. They take him off. They get uh, shipped back to multiverse jail. There's a real quick thing. They accidentally want to put Good Jet Lee in the in the thing, but then they realize that he's Good Jet Lee. They yeah. replace him with the Bad Jet Lee. They send well, him to gonna, the Hades. Yeah, they're gonna send Bad Jet Lee to the fucking prison dimension, uh, and they want to send Jet Lee, Good Jet Lee, back to our shitty world. And he's like. Jason Statham is just like, no, you don't understand. He can't go back there. He's wanted for murder. And they're like, bad fucking tough break, Jet Li. 
Yeah, and yeah. so Jason Statham's like, no, 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 I know where to send him, and he goes and does a little punch him up on the computer. And he sends him to a world very similar to ours, but with cars shaped like scrotums. Yeah, and where the I, banner I could, ads man, on the streets I, I claim that Los Angeles is the cleanest city on earth. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could get one of those cars, man. Yeah, you know who the president in this one is? Marianne Williamson. Oh, yeah, shit! Right? right? We're all feeling the love, baby. Everyone's vibing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Such good quality. So many fucking vibing. crystals. Oh. Every store sells crystals. <laughs> well, look, after uh, fucking uh, president, uh, nope, couldn't think of a good third party candidate. Never mind. Oh, Onward. Come on. How do you not remember old Rossi? Yeah, after President Ross Perot. Listen, no. say what you I want. Said we could have had. We could have had a presidency run with an easel. That had printed up Kinko stuff on it. <laughs> and that would have been awesome. Well, that's the thing. Fucking everyone's fucking biting his game because that's just what you do on the Senate floor now. Yeah, no, you just bring in your Ross Perot easel. <laughs> you send a poor intern to Kinko's to pick up your fucking, like, Thanos, but it's Joe Biden's face. No, we live in the worst timeline, so you don't get to send your intern to a Kinko's. You send your intern to a FedEx home. Oh, you're right. <laughs> well, because you got the deal with FedEx, because they're the one supplying your campaign to fucking privatize the postal <laughs> service. Right. And they bought the Kinko's. And here's the thing about the postal service. That album is pretty okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not... You really. leave Ben Kibbert alone. And what is it, Dentel? Is that the fucking name of the producer that's on it? I don't know. I don't care about the fucking the Postal, Postal Service? Service or Ben Gibbard. Who's Ben Gibbard? Is he Bright Eyes? Uh, no, he is uh, fucking... Wow, deep cut. <laughs> no, he's... Uh, oh, like, shit. you, me, and my wife are the only people I've ever known to know who Bright Eyes are. Death Cat for Cutie. There uh, we go. Oh, he's Death okay. Cat for Cutie. I knew he was one of those... Fucking saddies. Sure, yeah. Man, you want to talk about a fucking saddie. That guy. <laughs> well, I remember on, like, one, the the album post-Transatlanticism, which was, like, the big breakout for Death Cab for Cutie, came out. Uh, and I remember hearing on, like, NPR in the liquor store I worked at, Ben Gibbard just talking about how, like, yeah, the new single, like, it was really hard to, like, really, like, tone it in. Like, we had a 45-minute version of it, and we had a 30-minute version of it. I think we finally got it down to 13 minutes, and I think the band's pretty happy with it, but, like, man, that 30-minute version really had some really good stuff in it we had to get rid of. What the fuck are you talking a about? A 30-minute version of a death cab for cuties? Yeah, can you fucking imagine? <laughs> That's that. That's what you play in front of Noriega's combo. <laughs> I'm about to say, what did they blast that at Waco? <laughs> like, Jesus, good fucking god. Oh god. Uh, oh. <laughs> so now uh, the good Jet Li uh, saves a dog after it gets hit by one of the scrote cars. He brings it into the nearest. Which vet. seems like that's somebody's dog. He just sort of he like kidnaps a dog. Well, that's what you do in the cleanest city in America. Yeah, in Marianne Williamson's America. You pick up the dog that's hurt and take it to the nearby vet. That's because they're going to cut it open and it's full of crystals. Thanks. <laughs> and there he meets like the other dimension version of his wife. Yes. Because well, that's how they met in the original right. version. Like, he had hit a dog and she was a vet. And that's Funch really sets him up nice for that one. Yeah, yeah. Good, good work, Funch. But, in the best clothes <laughs> of any movie in all of history. The greatest ending ever. No, there's we, no we better ending. There's we know, no better ending. We know what you're thinking, listener, which is like, alright, this movie sounds like a piece of shit. But hold on, is there a pyramid in this one? 
If there was a pyramid in this one, I feel like we'd get an extra star. Yes, there is, John. There's a step pyramid. And it's surrounded and covered over in goons. And when Jet Li is able to stand up, he explains that he is not there, bitch. They are his. And then Papa Roach drops, and he climbs to the top of the step period and kicks ass into the credits. He just kicks the shit out of a bunch of goons. And what I love about this is right before that, he goes, he says, I, he says, I'm you law. You don't need to know me. I, well, I no. don't need well, to know you. I don't need to know you. You need to know me. And then he walks up to the top, stops, says, I will be the one. And then it's suffocation, no breathing. <laughs> and he just starts kicking dudes off this pyramid. He throws a guy like all the way As into the floor. As it slow pans out <laughs> to reveal that it takes place on LV-421, the planet from Aliens. And there is like an incalculable number of inmates just like, oh shit, it's our turn to go up the pyramid. Hey, we gotta go up there and kick that guy's ass. Yeah. Oh, they're, it they're is. Li- it's like they're lining up for Space Mountain. Well, what it is, is it's like the fucking, uh, when Homer goes to hell in the Simpsons treehouse and he gets hooked up to the donut machine of like, oh, you like fighting, do you, Jet Li? (laughs) And he does. (laughs) He loves it. Just kicking the shit out of goons for eternity. (laughs) And then we get lightning bolt cut to black. I I would love it if now, like, 21 years later, Jet Li announced, we're making the two, the sequel to the one. And in this... In He's this, still on the pyramid with like a long, like, riding beard. Yeah, like it begins with him still just kicking the shit out of goons. And because there's two of them, he hasn't aged as much as he probably should have. And finally, he kills the last goon. And then he just sits there for two hours <laughs> by himself, sad. It's a contemplative character. Character journey. Yeah, it's like a Lars von Trier kind of thing. Yeah. We really yes. get to study this character. Well, yeah, it's done in the Dogma 95 style, so the pyramid is replaced by chalk lines on a brown floor. <laughs> it's shot on a shitty DV that tops out at 720p resolution. Yeah. For some reason, everyone's mean to Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> Only get audio from the onboard mic. Ugh. Uh, so anyways, that's the one. That is it. And yeah. that's going to take us to bullet points. And our very first bullet point is body count. Body count. John, what do you think the body count of the one is? 123. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they make a, well, no, 124 because the wife is dead. But they make a point of anybody whose body hits the floor, like, writhes around a little bit. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is a PG-13 movie. Mmm. Patrick? I'm going to go with 125 because I completely agree with John, but I'm pretty sure that the guy that got motorcycle sandwiched ain't getting back up. Oh, shit. We're forgetting about Brubaker, though. That dude totally died. Yes. <laughs> Brubaker has his throat, like, crushed. Well, I mean, I already put in my gas, yeah. so... Uh, well, going places right rules, whoever gets closer without going over, and you both lose, it's 28 but what about the 123? <laughs> There's a specific <laughs> counter. There? That happens off camera. Oh, Greek theater rules. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of those guys who die are hit the ground writhing 
Apparently, they end up dying. <laughs> they end up dying. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, that's going to take us to our next bullet point. Best kill. Best kill. Mark, best kill. Oh, oh no. it's a guy who gets smashed between two <laughs> motorcycles. motorcycles. That's a good one. It's like, good one. This is it. He gets smashed between two motorcycles. The motorcycles are so CG, they don't affect his body as much as the CG just, like, changes shape. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. He's still crushed between two motorcycles. He sure is. Uh, Patrick, best kill. Oh, I'm going in the hospital scene. Uh, at one point, one of the guys tries to strangle Jet Li with a shotgun. Jet Li turns it around, punches it in half, whips it right into a Pepsi vending machine. That vending machine's entrails spew out into the Pepsi shooting everywhere, cans are all over the place. I love that the, the pep- light is flickering. I love that that Pepsi machine breaks by spitting out cans of Pepsi, Pepsi. but also a stream of liquid. Yes, Pepsi. yes. There's one Pepsi has exploded inside. Yeah. No, no, no. See, this is how Pepsi machines worked in the late eighty, early aughts. Each can had to be fresh filled by the soda fountain that was inside <laughs> like the, the machine. Can. Each machine filled with like a teenager in a little paper hat <laughs> filling the can, <laughs> sealing it up with like a little fucking blowtorch. Yeah. Wizard of Oz style. Don't you remember their big ad campaign, Pepsi Made to Order? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It was all over the place. They had to do something to compete with Pe- uh Oh no, Pepsi Crystal was also Pepsi. That's also yeah. They had, they wept for there were no more lands to conquer. <laughs> Uh, John, best kill. Ah, Jesus. Uh, first Jet Lee that gets shot up in the ding dang getting out of the police station because he literally turns around, goes, huh? and gets shot in the face. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's real funny. And then evil Jet Lee goes down and, like, it looks like he thinks lightning is coming out of his arms. <laughs> yeah. But nah, he's just flexing real weird. Yeah, there's yeah. when he kills that first Jet Lee, he like raises his hands up and goes, It looks like ah! Like there was a special effect they were supposed <laughs> to put in. <laughs> they were supposed to do some like green swirly Shang Tsung stuff. Yeah. Mm. No. Put a quickening in there, but they just ran out of time. Yep. Uh alright, next bullet point. War crimes. <laughs> War crimes. Patrick, tell some war crimes I'm gonna in go, the one. I'm going to go with a parallel multiverse cops raiding uninitiated <laughs> dimensions. Oh, so they're... You're, you're, they're it's they're, the Prime yeah. Directive. <laughs> yeah, they're violating the Prime Directive. That's what they're doing they, wrong. They, they are bringing, like, extremely advanced technology into universes that don't have it. Absolutely. They got bullets that will trace after you. That's right. And explode. They had that in Who Framed Roger Rabbit 20 years ago. That's not new. <laughs> well, it's still... We're in an and uninitiated universe, John. It would give you a little, little tip of its cowboy hat. Now, John, here's the thing. These are the first non-sentient bullets that could do that. That's true. true. That's the the bullets in Robert, Roger Rabbit had feelings. We had to deal with their, their goofs and quips Man. before you actually got to fire them. Yes, and their, and their racism. Yeah, I mean, well, literally, it was Looney Tunes racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, yeah. Roger Rabbit, though. Great movie. Hell yeah. Fucking mind-blowing that they got Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse to, like, share a scene together. And Donald Duck and Daffy Duck. Yeah. Well, that was before those guys knew exactly how much money all of that was worth. Uh, yeah, well, I think that the, at the time, Disney 
while huge, isn't what Disney is now. Right. Well, Disney and was just starting to crest because they had the first wave of the Disney Renaissance. Like, like Little Mermaid, I they think. They had it, just come out of, I think, Sleeping Beauty while... Because uh, I think Lion King was in production while Roger Rabbit was in production. Uh, Beauty and the Beast probably would have been. Because Li- Roger Rabbit is like 80, 88, 80, 89. 89. Yeah. So I'm Little Mermaid is the, like, the same year. It's like 88, 89. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast is 91, I think. You're right. Lion I'm, King's I'm 93, con- yeah, 94. No, I'm, I'm conflating. Cause, oh, no. Uh, Aladdin's 92. Yeah. And then Lion King. So yeah. I'm conflating uh, Pocahontas and Lion King being in sure, production at yeah, the same yeah. time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that time... Looney Tunes was like Looney Tunes was like unthought of. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It, was, it, was, it, it was played on Saturday morning yeah. cartoons, and that's about it. Yeah. So it made sense. Uh, Bugs Bunny had yet to sacrifice himself for the good of the multiverse. That's true. That's true. That's true. He hadn't space jammed. <laughs> yeah, that's he hadn't right. space jammed two. <laughs> right. He hadn't space jammed to a new legacy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Is '89? Does that is Disney under the first right wing boycott of Disney at that point? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah. What were they? Were they, were they mad that Dick Tracy didn't kill enough guys? Uh, I think they were mad that. <laughs> I think they were mad that a gay man was writing lyrics for their children's. Mm, I think probably, it was that yeah. they didn't outlaw or they participated in the first Orlando Pride Parade. Mm. Was their thing? No, sorry. Uh, Disney would let you have health insurance for your for your same sex partner, partner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. without being married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Ah, gotcha. I don't know when that happened, but it was when I was a kid. It's probably around that time. Nah. Anyways, John War Crimes. Ah, no shit. I had something for this, but now all I can think of is Roger Rabbit. <laughs> That's such a good movie, you guys. It's not um, wrong. I'm going to say uh, probably the biggest war crime in this is uh, when they're bringing good Jet Li's wife back to her house and they're like, we got to send four squad units and I got to come with you directly and we're you're not leaving our site because we need to make sure that you're protected because that's what Jet Li would want us to do. And like, she keeps telling him like, no, thank you. You please leave my home. And like, there's an amendment that says you ain't got to give board and quarter to no soldiers. You get out of there, buddy. Yeah, they you, are, got, you don't got a warrant. They are supposed to hang out outside. Yeah. She makes an excuse that I have to deal with, what is it? Girl, girl things. things. She's got to do girl things. And the cop is so disgusted uh, by the yeah. very notion <laughs> If I knew girl that you were on your period, I would have never grabbed you by the arm and dragged you back to your house. <laughs> well, because that's how you get pregnant, Patrick. You're <laughs> absolutely right. As far as I know. Uh, Smith's... <laughs> Mark, war crimes. Uh, I'm going to go with... And that's you, not her. Yeah, you, you me. Yeah, right. no, I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger all of a sudden. Uh, I'm going to go uh, with... Uh, I mean, I got a Poor Jet Li having to be in this movie twice. Quite two yeah. Jet Li's. Three times? There's three Jet Li's we see in person. There's three Jet Li's in motion, not counting yes. the pictures of Jet Li. Right, and then there's like four, yeah, four other pictures of Jet Li. The the Rasta Jet Li is that's Hagworth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Blonde headed surfer Jet Li is pretty rough too. Yeah, that's but not gonna, quite that bad, but it's it's bad. He's gonna share a cell with Slobodan Milosevic. That's some rough shit. Yeah. You yeah. guys ever think Milosevic took his hat off? 
That was a big thing during his trial. He wouldn't take off his hat, so they held him in contempt. Yeah, well, if you're a What, dick- like that episode, that, that sketch from I Think You Should Leave? <laughs> no, because no. uh, they weren't, like, reading transcripts of his hat. He was, I remember this distinctly, for some reason, watching the live coverage of his war crimes trial, and he had a shitty baseball cap, and they're like, will the sir please remove his cap in the court of law? And he would say through a translator, I'm an old man. I'm cold. I can't remove my hat. I don't have any hair under this hat. If I remove it, I'll be too cold. The gentleman is now found in contempt and will be removed from the courthouse. (laughs) Great stuff. Final bullet point. Take that, Milosevic. (laughs) Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is the one an action movie? Sure. (laughs) Fine. Yeah. It aspires to be one. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, in a blockbuster in the new release section, when it gets too old for that, you shove it in the action. Because what else are you going to do? Yeah. Patrick, is the one an action movie? I would go with yeah, and I'll actually say that if you made this movie again without the technical limitations of the CGI at the time, and actually tried to make it a little more straightforward, I think it would actually be a pretty great movie. At an uh, hour yeah. and 20 minutes, like, it's really not writing a huge check. Yeah. Yeah, somebody redo this with, like, fucking Tony Jaa or the guy from The Raid, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, no. Oh, yeah. Go full Star Trek nemesis on this. You have Jet Li as he is now, and then he's got to fight, like, some kid we ain't never heard of before that only sort of kind of looks like him. But bald. Yeah. But bald, yeah. yeah. Totally bald. Yeah. <laughs> and then have some throwaway line of, not quite the nose you recognized. Well, living in a mining colony will do that. Anyway, we're exactly the same genetic clones, right? <laughs> Patrick Stewart and young Tom Hardy. <laughs> yes. Utterly indistinguishable. And then fucking decades later, they tried to pull that shit with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> At least, what the fuck? At least in that movie, they tr- they tried to... Like, make up Joseph no, Gordon-Levitt No, that is face. not in At Least. That is Cronenberg body <laughs> horror. What they do to that man's face. To make him look like yeah. Willis. I will say, I love Looper. I think it's a great movie. And my favorite part of that movie is when they have the scene towards time to discuss the rules of Lupin and time travel. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes, but if you're here doing this, and what's that? And Bruce Willis goes, shut up. (laughs) Don't ask questions. They move past it and never bother to explain it. And it's awesome. Nice. That movie would have got a full extra star for me if instead of trying to make Joseph Gordon-Levitt look like Bruce Willis, they tried to make Bruce Willis look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Yeah. Give him a fucking tight sweater with a little collar poking out and a pair of headphones. (laughs) Shave his nose down. (laughs) Uh, Mark, is the one an action movie? Yeah, it's an action movie. It's not a great action movie, but it is an action movie. It's got all the requisite action-y things. Final reviews of The One. Patrick. Two Jet Lees out of two Jet Lees. John. One out of four stars. Mark. I'm going to give it 98 alternate Jet Lees out of 124 alternate <laughs> Jet Lees. It, uh, it's not quite a full multiverse load full, but it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It has the best ending in movie history. All movies from here on out. <laughs> and all movies going back should be reshot 
to have the one yeah, ending. Absolutely. John Wayne at the end of the searchers standing on a pyramid <laughs> punching cowboys. <laughs> uh, uh, just haymakers, baby. Fucking uh. Martin Sheen after he kills Brando at the end of Apocalypse Now just turns around. You don't need to know who I am. I need to know who you are. Let's fight. <laughs> Kirk Douglas at the end of Spartacus. I am Spartacus. E.T. gets on his spaceship and take, drops him off on top of that pyramid. <laughs> Ooh, the end of Some Like It Hot. I should tell you I'm a man. Nobody's perfect. Now let's go to the pyramid. <laughs> uh, end of Casablanca. This is the beginning of a funeral, beautiful friendship. They go back to back and fight everybody <laughs> on the top. But that one's great because they're fighting Nazis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> Just Humphrey no. Bogart and Claude Rains just wailing on goons <laughs> just nailing them, on buddy. top of a pyramid. Uh, takes the fedora off, punches through it. And man, geographically, they're in Casablanca. They're not that far from pyramids. Naps truly not. They could totally get there. Fuck, if we had access to Ted Turner, because he was the one that was really into like colorizing black and white. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We could talk him into using his technology for this. <laughs> well, the problem, the problem is a lot of those TNT movies that he already... Shows a lot of the men with pyramid fighting. In. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean? You're not wrong. A lot of times they're already showing the one. <laughs> but every now and then, like at the end of League of Their Own, when old Dottie Henson shows up at the Baseball Hall of Fame, she should fight <laughs> on, fucking nailing people. She should wail on all the other old lady baseball players <laughs> on the top of a pyramid. It's like an old man, Matt Damon from the end of Saving Private Ryan shows up. I'll give you a hand with this mess. The kid from Rookie of the Year is just winging fastballs, <laughs> knocking dudes off the temple. Oh. No, it is the best ending of any movie ever. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode, which has now eclipsed the runtime <laughs> yeah. of the one. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I am Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Body Counts of Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, I don't know, wherever you get podcasts from, and leave us a rating or review. You can find us on Facebook, I guess. You can find us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or you can email us at BodyCountsOfBeer at gmail.com.